You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Welcome to Sunday School Dropouts, the podcast where an ex-Christian and a non-believing sort of Jew read all the way through the Bible for the first time. I'm Nico Bakulich. And I'm Lauren O'Neill. And let's get biblical. Let's. But first, we have some things to go over real quick. A, I'm the ex-Christian and I'm reading the New International Version or NIV of the Bible. And I am the non-believing sort of Jew and I'm reading the NRSV, New Revised Standard Version of Bible. And this is not a Christian Bible study podcast. Nor is it suitable for young children. And uh, we're dating. <laughs> I guess that's all we have to say. That's not all we have to say. Thank you very much. This has been Sunday School Dropouts. I'm Nico. Roll that, uh, roll that credits music. Roll that beautiful bean footage. <laughs> roll that beautiful bean footage. Okay, so today we're talking about the book of Ezra. Mm -hmm. And um, What happened last week? Well... We talked a lot of goofy nonsense. I'm going to get into a whole thing. Oh, okay. But let's introduce the book first. Okay. Ezra and the next book, Nehemiah, mm -hmm. apparently started as two books. They were merged at some point, and then they were re-separated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my my Bible's like intro to the book says, as in the closely related books of First and Second Chronicles, one notes the prominence of various lists. Mm -hmm. Oh, goody. Yep. That's a good sign. That's the first thing you want to hear about. Um, and most scholars conclude that the author slash compiler of Ezra and Nehemiah was also the author of First and Second Chronicles. Um, so we're hanging out with the chronicler again. The chronicler this week. has been unmasked, except that it could be like Ezra or Nehemiah <laughs> or like multiple people because the book goes in and out it, like it switches to third person it switches to first person etc cetera, etc cetera. next week on the bible the chronicler is unmatched <laughs> yeah <laughs> except he's not he's uh clouded by by the smoke of history oh my god you can barely make him out in the brackish water of history <laughs> um okay so i'm gonna do a really meaty previously on Sunday School Dropouts. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm glad that that's um, how you ended that sentence. <laughs> so, so put on your bibs. Um, <laughs> put, put on your, oh, because of the meat. Yeah. Or because of the amount of meat that you're about to consume. Yeah. Um, Sharpen your knives and take out your wives. <laughs> and hide your wives. Because it's meat time. Way, way, way back in the book of Genesis. Mm-hmm. There was a man named Jacob, okay, also called Israel, who had 12 sons. Mm -hmm. 
and their descendants became the 12 tribes of Israel. I've heard of this man. Yes. Fast forward uh, to the books of Samuel and Kings, okay. and we've got the Israelites living in Canaan, and after King David and King Saul, kingdom splits into two. Okay. We've got Israel in the north with Samaria as its capital, and we've got Judah in the south with Jerusalem as its capital. Got it. Of the 12 tribes of Israel, 10 of them are in the northern kingdom, Israel, and two are in the southern kingdom, mm-hmm. Judah. So 200 years passed like this. We covered all that in previous episodes. Mm-hmm. Various generations of kings in both kingdoms. Then the kingdom of Assyria takes over Israel, the northern kingdom. Okay. And exiles everybody to Assyria. Got it. And they never come back. So those are the 10 lost tribes of Israel. Oh. Which you may have heard of because lots of people have different theories about them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like Jewish populations in like india and ethiopia and stuff will sometimes claim to be descended from one of these tribes um and that's a whole like trope the lost tribes of israel right except that there were like clearly some levites in jerusalem yes. so maybe it's like 9.5 tribes well, they and, like 2.5 they had tribes. to like send for some but yeah, they yeah. were around yeah um okay so then northern kingdom is gone there is no more israel mm-hmm. there's only judah and then 150 years after that babylon takes over Judah mm-hmm. destroys Jerusalem, destroys the temple, and exiles everyone to Babylon. But 50 years after that, so they're in they're in Babylon for like 50 years, uh-huh. I think. And then Persia takes over Babylon, and the Persian king Cyrus lets the Jews go back to Jerusalem. They're still Persian subjects. Persia's still in charge, but like they get to go back. And um, that so that's why we call it Judaism, and not like Israelism or like Jacobism. Hmm. Because the kingdom of Israel hmm. got wiped out, but the kingdom of Judah persisted. Interesting information. Yes. Did you have that locked up in your noggin all this time, or did you just learn that? Um, I just put that together. Oh. <laughs> I had learned, you know, a lot of these facts separately, um, and I'd never put them together in a timeline before, like a co- uh, consolidated timeline. How's your consolidated timeline looking these days? Um, just very complete. <laughs> so, yeah, and that's... That's why we call it Judaism, and that's like it's the same word like in Hebrew or yeah, in Hebrew, uh, Yehuda is Judah, uh-huh. and then like to say you're Jewish, you say like Yehudi is the male and Yehudit is the female. Okay, that was you're basically a Judy, a, a yeah, Judaite. a Judean, Judean, yeah, uh. basically. That was uh, a word I had to learn <laughs> very quickly in Hebrew class because I had to say ani lo Yehudit. Right, <laughs> I am not Jewish. Aval ani medaberet kitzativrit. I speak a little Hebrew. Um, so that's that's what happened. Um, that's in the etymology corner. Do I need a new Do I need a new sound effect for the etymology corner? Probably, yeah. No, that's bad. Um, zip. <laughs> that's great. That's a great sound. Okay, so we're zipping over to the etymology corner. That's where we get the word Judaism. That's where we get the word Jew, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Okay, zipping back out. Zip. Let's get started on Ezra. Okay. So that all that stuff about the Babylonian exile was like sort of crammed in at the end of Second Chronicles, right? Yeah. Um, and that's exactly what we start with in the book of Ezra. Right. The very first chapter and verse is that decree from Cyrus. Mm-hmm. And what do you say? Uh, I know what he says. I'm just, you know. Do you want me to read it? No, I don't want you to read it. Oh, he says, uh, 
He says, go back to Jerusalem. It's fine. It's cool. Yeah. So like a while back, I expressed surprise at a particular passage. I can't remember which book it was in now. Maybe Second Kings, I want to say, um, where God basically said he would winnow down the people of Israel to just 7,000 people. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's related to, to this, to the returners coming back, even though the number doesn't quite work out the same way. Yeah, the number isn't exactly the same, but like it never is in the Bible. So right. that that might be a line that people draw. I don't know. Yeah. So Cyrus sends some like elite Israelites back from Babylon to Jerusalem. Yeah. Well, he frees like he frees anyone. Right. And does he do this because he's now a believer in the in the God of Israel? No. Um, it it kind of sounds like he is, though. Yeah. So apparently, this is another thing that I looked up. This was actually um, became the standard policy for Persian kings at this, in, like during this empire. Oh. Um, they let like everybody restore their temples. So Cyrus also let people like restore their temples to different gods, mm-hmm. and like in Egypt and in whatever. So. But his his letter to the Israelites is full of all this talk about like the will of God, and yeah. Do what is right before God and stuff like that. Yeah, um, I think the attitude is kind of like everybody can have their own god. I mean, that's a smart way to build an empire. Honestly, it is. You don't really want to get bogged down in that shit. And in fact, this is the largest empire in history at mm. this point. Because I mean, it's just like the Romans did later. It's like you can worship whatever you want as long as you pay taxes. Exactly. So Cyrus lets them go back. He also lets them like. Take all their stuff. Yeah, and some bonus cash, too. Yeah, um, including 30 gold dishes and 29 silver pans. <laughs> all right, fine. Uh, chapter two is a list of, like, all the heads of the families that are returning. Right. So this is, like, a re-accounting. Like, how long were they in exile? 50 years, you said? About 50 years. So some stuff changed, obviously, while they were gone. And now, like, the the true corpus of Israel is, like, down to... A select few people yeah. here. Yeah. So like they name all of the heads of families and how many people they bring with them. Yeah. And it's like a hundred people here, a hundred people there. So when they come back, one of the first things they want to do is start rebuilding the temple. Yes. Because they got this nice ass temple in Jerusalem that it got all beat up by King Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah, not just beat up, but utterly destroyed. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. You could call it that if you want. Uh, he also stole all of the gold and silver in the temple and all the cool holy stuff yep so the israelites who came come back want to start putting things back together and they have like explicit permission from cyrus cyrus yep um so when they start redoing the temple they throw like a big they throw a big party well first they celebrate sukkot uh-huh. um there's like two main priests um zeru babel which is a babylonian name meaning child of babylon it's confusing, though, because wasn't there Zerubbabel before? There was Jerubbabel. Oh, Jerubbabel. Oh. This is this is in Babylonia. That's not in Hebrew. Hmm. That's cool. Very assimilationist parents on this guy. Well, I mean, the Jews are practical people. I think. <laughs> and then the other main priest is Jeshua, uh-huh. which is just... Joshua. No, it's... Well, it's Yeshua. I mean, that's like the Aramaic. Uh-huh. And that's Jesus' name. Oh, cool. That's like the Greek version of that is Jesus, like... In Jesus' life, people called him Yeshua. Oh, cool. Nobody ever told me there was another Jesus there in the extra, Bible. extra Jesus yeah. floating around? <laughs> I mean, Joshua's like a variation. Joshua's the Hebrew version uh-huh. of the name. Um, but here he is. 
Jesus won. Jesus won. So when they're having this big party, they have they have a Sukkot celebration. Mm-hmm. At the festival of huts or whatever. Tabernacles, yeah. Sure. <laughs> it's a it's a hut fest, I like to call it. I mean that's what it is, yeah. Um they have a big party. And there's a part in here that I found confusing because I didn't 100% get it. And hopefully you'll be able to help explain it to me. Um, It says, Many of the priests and Levites and heads of family, old people who had seen the first house on its foundations, wept with a loud voice when they saw this house, though many shouted aloud for joy, so that the people could not distinguish the sound and the joyful shout from the sound of the people's weeping. That's interesting. The ears calls it a house. Mine calls it the temple. Uh, So it's basically like old people... Who saw the first temple, like, which we <laughs> went over in detail. Right. Uh, it's made out of cedar. Yeah. And it's got all these crazy, like, cherubim sculptures uh-huh. and bronze pomegranates and shit. Dope. Solomon built it with his considerable wealth. <laughs> and uh, so then they see, like, the new foundation for this one. And they're like, what? This, is, this one sucks. Ah, uh, I see. They're just disappointed in the quality of it. Apparently, yeah. And it causes them to weep. Yes. Hmm. But then others shout for joy. It's an interesting image to to mix the sadness with the joy. Like yeah, that. and it, there's this verse: no one could distinguish the sound of the shouts of joy from the sound of weeping, hmm. because the people made so much noise, and the sound was heard far away. What is that supposed to to tell us? Exactly? I don't know, but it's like, I mean, it's like a really poetic image of like. It is, and it's like you know, loss at the same time as new yeah. beginnings and everything. Yeah. Like that. I mean, that's quality stuff. Yeah. So they start building the temple. Some people from Samaria uh-huh. come down and try to stop them. Which used to be the capital of the kingdom of Israel. It used to be the capital, but now it's not Israelites there anymore. I don't buy that they can replace all of the people in the place. Of course, the Israelites in the kingdom of Israel like worshipped whoever anyways. So I it's don't know true. how Jewish they were. It's true. It's all just a giant stew <laughs> <laughs> of blasphemy. Uh-huh. Idol worship uh-huh. and trickery. So, the, yeah, they can't, they, they don't stop them from making the temple. They keep going. So then Cyrus dies. Okay. Um, and then there's like one or two kings in between, and then we get to Darius. Mm-hmm. So, this is Darius the First or Darius the Great. You may have learned about him in like middle school history class mm-hmm. about like ancient civilizations because, um, he was the head of the Persian Empire at its largest. Okay. So, like, Cyrus already had established, like, the largest empire in history, and then Darius made it even larger. Wow. So, like, until the Roman Empire, this was it. Like, Darius was the guy. Interestingly, he was a Zoroastrian. Okay. He, like, this is on numerous, like, steels, S-T-E-L-E, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. He proclaimed he was a Zoroastrian. Which are awesome, like, old iron... Uh, message boards or yeah something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they're like um really Anci- permanent irc chat rooms ancient shit posts <laughs> and his ancient shit posts were about ahura mazda which is the god of zoroastrianism okay. um and that was like the first monotheistic religion it actually predates judaism mm-hmm. and um it's kind of cool because it's like they worship zoro the gay blade right <laughs> yeah they worship the mask of zoro no they worship ahura mazda that's where the car company gets its name and um, there's God and the devil and there's Messiah and there's, like, the apocalypse. It's, like, really, like, proto-Christianity and proto-Judaism. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also has, like, they bury their dead by letting vultures eat them. Mm-hmm. And it has, like, really cool, like, 
symbol of like a person with wings. Anyway, I learned a lot about Zoroastrianism recently and <laughs> it was pretty cool. <laughs> so that's what Darius was. So when the Jews are rebuilding the temple in Jerusalem, some uh, Babylonian scribes of some kind? Or like Persian officials, Babylonian. They're like, you know, they're like, I don't know, spies or like governors or something. Governor spies, sure. Yeah, you know, just your regular bureaucratic government spies. <laughs> they write a letter to Mr. Man the King and they're like, can you check to see if the Jews are allowed to build this temple here? Like... Yeah, and they're like, could you like check the royal archives? Yeah, I don't think you. I don't think you should address that to the king. Shouldn't the king be doing other things? Could you provide us with some receipts for this? <laughs> and it, they write this letter because I guess they just went to Jerusalem and they were like, "Wow, you Jews are like building a whole thing here, huh? Who told you that it was okay to do yeah. this?" And they're like, "Oh, Darius told us." And it's really interesting because it includes like the whole text of the letter, uh -huh. and it says like, "This is a copy of the letter," and like, the letter in the original Bible uh -huh. is in Aramaic mm. while the rest of the script is in Hebrew. I read a bit about, I read a bit about those letters too. Did you? Because like, how did they, why does the author of this have like access to copies of letters between like Persian well, officials? Well, he doesn't. They're made up. They're made up? Yeah. They are based on like the style of writing of the time, but they were written much, they were written far after the time when this was supposed to I have see. happened. So when it says explicitly, this is a copy of that letter, uh -huh. because it does say that. Yeah. That's a lie? Uh, I don't know if it's a lie, uh, okay. necessarily. Okay, but it's like maybe a... Uh, it's historically unlikely. Stretching the truth a little? It's, it's historically very unlikely. Although, apparently, historical records from this period of history in this part of the world are very rare. Like, there just isn't that much info. Fair enough. But there are lots of records of Darius declaring himself as a rastrian. <laughs> so at least we have that. I wonder what qualifies to get written on a steel. Because aren't like the earliest recordings of, of writing that we have, like people writing about how much grain they have and how much like, you know, wheat they're trading to somebody else and well, stuff like yeah, that? Well, yeah, but that's not what the king is interested in. That's a good point. The king is interested in telling everybody how he rules. <laughs> literally. <laughs> Classic shit post. <laughs> Um, so then Darius responds to this letter, mm -hmm. and he's like, yeah, I looked it up in the Royal Archives. Well, he doesn't he, – he, he looks in the Royal Archives in the capital first, and he doesn't find anything. But then he has to go to Ekbatana to to check up on some even older records. Yep. And Ekbatana, according to the notes in my Bible, is the summer home of Persian kings. Oh, nice. <laughs> so I guess they were he's in like – like in a, Martha's Vineyard. Yeah, yeah. They were in a box in the basement of his summer house yeah, or something like, like that. Um, Jeeves, would you fetch the, the basement box? I believe some of Cyrus's documents are still here. <laughs> also, Darius is not related to Cyrus. Like, he took over the throne from Cyrus's son. Oh. So. Well, that's probably why he keeps the boxes of shit in the summer house. Yeah, that's probably true. So, um, but he does look it up and he's like, yeah, it's cool. It's legit. And furthermore. There's president. Yeah. Furthermore. Persia will, like, pay for the reconstruction of the temple yeah. and provide, like, everything, not just, like, money for the workers, but also livestock or oil or salt for, for any sacrifices. And, and... and he returns all of the stuff that Nebuchadnezzar stole. Yeah. And on top of that, he says that if anyone interferes, there's a direct quote from, from my Bible, a beam is to be pulled from his house and he is to be lifted up and impaled on it. Nice. And... 
his house is to be made a pile of rubble. So like Darius is like very pro this temple. Yeah. He's like enthusiastic fan of this temple. Mm-hmm. I thought it might be because he was like, I'm a Zoroastrian. Y'all are Jews. We're like monotheism mm-hmm. buddies. Mm-hmm. But um, then I read that thing about how this was just like the policy in Persia at the time was like, let everyone worship their own gods. Um, maybe they'll like put in good word with their gods for me because I'm the king. I maybe. can use all the god power I can get. I mean, it seems like a very pragmatic, practical, uh, political move as well. You know? Yeah. Just be like, hey, I really don't care what you do. Just pay us money. You know, you're part of the empire. So do your thing and it all flows back. You know? And that's how you build an empire that is the largest empire in history at that point. Right. So, yeah. So the Jews finish the temple, dedicate it, celebrate Passover. Now I've got the second temple. Badass. So then Darius dies. And then there's King Xerxes. Right. The only thing we get in this book about King Xerxes mm-hmm. is that the non-Jews in the region, quote, lodged an accusation against the people in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll hear more about him later. But that's all we get for now. So then we get his son, Artaxerxes. Yeah, that's a horrible name to give a child. Artaxerxes? What what uh, possible problem could you have with that? I mean, name? I guess he's the king, so like nobody can ever have a problem with it. But that's a horrible name to give to a child. Well, what's your problem with it? It's stupid. Um, it's got two X's in it. That makes it awesome. Mm, three would be better. Mm, you're right. They should have named him Arxaxerxes or Zartaxerxes. Oh, Zartaxerxes. <laughs> okay, so King Zartaxerxes. <laughs> Is lording it over the Persian Empire. <laughs> it's lording it over. What is he lording exactly? His complete control? His triple X. <laughs> but then we finally, most of the way through this book, meet a young man. What's that young man's name? His name is E to the Z, R to the A, Ezra. Ezra. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Ezra is a, a learned man. Yeah, he's a scribe. He's all about studying God's law. Mm-hmm. Teaching God's law, mm-hmm. just generally enacting God's law. In old times, he would have been a judge or something like that. Yeah, probably. And I'm not exactly sure of the circumstances here, but like King Artaxerxes sends him yeah. from Babylon to Jerusalem mm-hmm. to basically like codify Jewish law there. Right. And I also found it weird that Artaxerxes recognized some deficiency in the current state of like jewish religious life that he's like i need to get an expert on this yeah you know, like why is he involved in this at all yeah um and he gives them like he's like you can have all the money you want yeah. you know like buy livestock mm-hmm. for sacrifices buy gold and silver for the temple buy whatever you want um he gives them like almost limitless power to mm-hmm. enforce the law he says like to enforce jewish law and the king's law right but he can like he's allowed to execute people banish people everything Everything. Yeah. The only thing he can't do is levy any taxes. Right. That's the, the emperor's you know, thing. The king takes what the king takes. Uh-huh. Do you think this is just more like canny empire building by our Persian stars here? I mean, I guess if you like, if you're on good terms with Ezra and mm-hmm. you know that he's going to be like a big legal authority mm-hmm. and he's going to like establish order and you can influence him because you... Bankrolled him. Yeah, because you bankrolled him. 
I mean, that seems like a pretty smart move. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, of course, we get this information in the form of a letter, mm-hmm. which says that it's – it says this is a copy of the letter. Mm-hmm. That's a direct quote. It's in Aramaic as if, you know, like that's the language it would be. That would be like kind of the lingua franca between the Persians and the Jews. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as the letter ends, we suddenly switch to the first person. I love this. The fir- I found it a little jarring but also very intriguing. And I think we should talk a little bit more about Ezra, his first person adventures and whatever. Uh, maybe when we get back from a break. <gasps> what do you think? Yeah, I think we could use a break. Okay, sounds good. Uh, we're going to hear a little bit of music and then we'll be right back with more Sunday School Dropouts. Welcome back to Sunday School Dropouts. I'm Lauren. And I'm Nico. And we're talking about the Book of Ezra. And when we left off, we had just switched to first-person narration in the Book of Ezra. Mm-hmm. Is this the first time that it's been in the, in the Bible? I think so. I think so, too. So um, this is a direct quote from the Book of Ezra in response to Artaxerxes giving an enthusiastic thumbs up uh-huh. to Ezra Going to Jerusalem. He's got thumbs up in one hand and like the A-OK thing in the other. And then he's like winking. And also like his feet are in sandals and he's like sticking his big toes up. (laughs) And uh, Ezra says, praise be to the Lord, the God of our fathers, who has put it into the king's heart to bring honor to the house of the Lord in Jerusalem, Uh, blah, 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 because the hand of God was on me. I took courage and gathered leading men from Israel to go up with me. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that is the first time we've seen first-person narration. How does it strike you? Does it feel feel good? Feel bad, man? Well, I mean, in a creative writing workshop, we'd be like, choose a point of view and stick with it. Mm-hmm. Maybe just do close third instead of first. Mm-hmm. It really actually lets you get inside the character's head, but maintain some objectivity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Preach it, please. <laughs> I'm a big fan of close third. I uh, I try to avoid the first. Close third sounds like like a rock band that has gone forgotten now. Like, uh, what was that band? You know the one I'm thinking of. Close third, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he now we're so now we're totally where you have Ezra's point of view, uh-huh. and he lists all the like heads of the families that came with him. His whole squad, yeah. Yeah, his whole squad. Um, and he describes the details of the journey from Babylon to Jerusalem, but they're all, like, just as dry as the third-person passages. Yeah, know? I agree completely. It's like, there were this many temple servants, there were this many talents of gold, et cetera, et cetera. There was one thing, though, 
he was a little bit worried for their safety. Mm -hmm. And he was worried for their safety because he was, it says, this is the quote, I was ashamed to ask the king for soldiers because I told him God would protect us, essentially. Yes. Uh, that's not a quote. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that it was a quote and then have it be a non-quote. But the, I was ashamed to ask for soldiers is a quote, though. Yes. Because um, uh, I guess he had sold it earlier. Yeah, he, was he, like, like, he was like, pitched this yeah. <laughs> mission as like, dude, God's got our back. Like nothing can, nothing bad can happen to us because we're God's chosen people. But then once he gets out on the road, he's like, oh, we might need like some bodyguards, or something. Luckily, they're stacked with cash, so who cares? But then, well, they... no, that makes them even more vulnerable to attack. <laughs> That's a good point. But God is watching over them, mm -hmm. and He delivers them safely. I thought that was weird. It's like if you're gonna pick this guy to be the new holy guy, basically the new judge for Israel, mm -hmm. and he doesn't trust God to defend him on the roads. Well, he does, but he's. He's sort of like he wanted to hedge his bets. I don't know. I just think it's it's a weird moment of it's got a it's got a human sense of yes, very of much so ambivalence, very much so. Where normally people's faith in the divine in in this book is like unwavering and unshakable. At least it is among for, for the heroes yeah, that we follow. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so they set up camp sometime uh, on the way to Jerusalem, and Ezra looks around and he's like looking at all the people he brought with him, and he's like, "Oh no." I forgot. We need Levites. Because <laughs> who else is going to bake this holy bread? Right. Who else is going to know how to light incense properly? Yeah. And I was like, I was going to, I thought it was going to be like, oh, but there are no Levites left, you know, since the exile. Right. Like they're in the 10 lost tribes or whatever. But that's not true. He just sends for some. Yep. He's just like, go get me some Levites. Yep. Like just, you know, five of the off the shelf model, you know, nothing fancy, whatever, you know. They don't need to be four wheel drive. Yeah, yeah. I'm not here. You don't need to sell me on this thing on the on the. I don't know. I don't know what they sell on cars. I've never bought a car. I don't know. That's true. So yeah, they just get some. Yeah. And then they keep moving. Yep. It's not a problem at all. Keep moving. It's just like important to know that Ezra knows it's important that they have Levites. Yeah. Because he's read this book. And also, the chronicler is definitely a Levite. Yes. Because we've seen him go into so much detail about. Everything that the Levites, yeah, and like one each of, individual Levites' um, responsibilities. Yeah, and one of Ezra's new rules is like how the Levites are like above the law, basically. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, they roll into Jerusalem. The boys are back in town place. <laughs> Ezra's like, I'm here to make this town holy again. <laughs> and um, First of all. You have a beautiful singing voice. Oh, thank you, baby. Uh, second of all, Ezra finds out some bad news. That's it's definitely true that he does. Uh, he gets to Jerusalem and, and is disgusted to learn that everybody there has been intermarrying with the local folk. Yep. And it's the same old fucking tribes that they've always been intermarrying with. You yes. know, it's like, it's the Canaanites, it's the Hittites, it's the Amorites, it's the Ammonites, it's everybody. Jebusites. Yep. And he, I guess, has been just living in this fucking ivory tower over in Babylon. Over in Babylon, where, like, Jews are all, like, in one neighborhood. Yeah, and didn't know how shit goes down in the Holy Land, because he is appalled. Yeah, he He's fucking disgusted. freaks out. He starts tearing his clothes, tearing his hair out. I mean, he here's how he phrases it. He finds out that uh, that they've, quote, mingled the holy race with the people around them. Mm -hmm. 
But you know, you know what happens when ancient Israelites mingle with the people around them. Sounds like a setup to a joke, but I don't think it's going to no, be. No, 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 no. I just mean they immediately start worshiping pagan idols. That's a good point. I mean, I think at this point, I think that marriages are just an excuse to worship the pagan idols. <laughs> They're like, you know, I just really want to worship Molech. Got to find me a Canaanite lady, you know? I just really want to worship Asherah. Where's the Hittite mm-hmm. for me to marry? I want to dance around that Asherah pole. So Ezra is so upset by this. It includes the line where he says, I sat appalled until the evening sacrifice. <laughs> he like tears all his clothes out and then just sits in yeah, silence. He tears his robes. Um, and then he starts this like prayer. He starts weeping and praying. Mm-hmm. And the prayer is like a million lines long. <laughs> and it's like. God, we're impure filth, and we'll never dilute the holy race again if you'll just save us. It's like Israel has transgressed so many times, and our punishment has been so slight. And because, and thank you for that, oh sweet merciful Lord, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I was like, ah, uh, I mean, you've transgressed, that's for sure. I mean, like this is not really like the biggest transgression. <laughs> eugenics is not like. <laughs> The biggest transgression here. Well, it's, isn't it the opposite of yeah, eugenics? Yeah, okay. Uh, malgenics is not mm. the biggest transgression. I don't think you should popularize that phrase. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> really troubling connotations. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Next trend in breeding malgenics. Sunday school dropouts. You heard it here first, but don't tell anybody that you did. Nico's like making motions to me like, please stop this. <laughs> no, I'm giving her like six thumbs up. <laughs> Well, I disapprove with my voice. <laughs> so as Ezra is praying and weeping and mm-hmm. and tearing his robes, a crowd gathers around him and they all start weeping. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you're right. <laughs> We're sinful miscegenators. <laughs> don't like this language. Look, <laughs> this, this is what this is about. And they decide the best course of action would be to round up all the non-Jewish wives and their children Mm -hmm. and expel them from Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. And uh, the book ends with a list of all the the dudes who fucked up the purity of the bloodline. Mm -hmm. And that's the end. Like, it doesn't actually say what happens to them. It's just like, and here is my shit list. (laughs) Yes. Um, But I like the way that they came to this decision. Like, Ezra brings like his judgment to the community and then the community like agrees on it and then they're like we'll make it happen yeah also there's a weird scene where they're like we'll make it happen but uh not today because we can't all fit inside the building and it's raining Mm -hmm. so oh i loved that line so much uh all the people sat in the open square before the house of god trembling because of this matter and because of the heavy rain (laughs) (laughs) i might phrase it differently more of my famous foley work here can't turn a fucking page you need to get one of those cool like rubber dimpled niblet things that you put on your on your hand so that... what rubber dimpled niblet thing you know what i'm talking about it's, I, a, it's like I a little finger no sheath idea. you get so like people that sort money all the time or people that are flipping through pages maybe you're being really anti-semitic right now <laughs>
off when I said that. <laughs> okay, we'll cut that. We'll cut that. What mine says is, the whole assembly responded with a loud voice, You are right. We must do as you say. But there are many people here, and it is the rainy season, so we cannot stand outside. Hmm. That line actually comes after the one that I quoted. Oh. Not that much further. Let's, let's... Oh, greatly distressed by the occasion and because of the rain. Hmm? That's what mine says. Okay. So we get it. Yeah. It's raining. Yeah. And they're like, we can't. Uh, you know, wipe out misogyny in our community in a single day. You know, that's crazy. Is is the form, is the noun form misogyny? Uh, why not? I think it's misogynation. Oh. I think you may be conflating it with misogyny. Hmm. We can't wipe out misogyny in our community in a single day either. No, that's true. Unfortunately. That's been made clear. But I like the way that they accomplish this goal. Because like, he hands down his judgment. Ezra hands down his judgment. And then the heads of the community are like, okay, great. Uh, we agree with that judgment. Here's how much time we think it'll take to get it done. And he, like, appoints, you know, deputies from each major, major family to, like, get together lists of the perpetrators. And then it's like, in a couple of days, they had sorted out all the people. And I'm like, wow, this is really nice, like, community. All the people who weren't racist enough. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. All the people with a taste for the strange. <laughs> they... Um, but it's like a nice, it's a nice consensus building. And it's supposed to be a, this is the, according to the footnotes in my Bible, this is the first time that like a scribe has used like the book of the law to like implement a, a community based judgment. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. Like he was like, oh, based on the Torah, we shouldn't do this. And then he like explains it to everybody in the community. They all agree and then like follow the Torah and like fix their mistake essentially i see so this is supposed to be like a, a miniature model of like what it is to be ruled by a or not ruled but like what it guided is guided by yeah guided thank you that's a much more pleasant way to say this <laughs> a much more pleasant way to talk about this insane xenophobia and racism. <laughs> yes. yeah a theocracy essentially yeah yeah <laughs> anyway i just thought that was nice i work in a workers co-op so finding consensus is like a, a thing i've thought about weirdly uh, how many of your coworkers are dating foreign foreign women? Uh, just one. <laughs> okay, great. So you only have to uh, expel her, and and then you're good. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So it ends with a big list of names of people who have committed this sin of intermarrying. That's right, and I think that would be a perfect time. That being now, I think now would be a perfect time uh-huh. to play a little something we call. Hate the player, not the name. Oh, snap. Because it's time for a little quizzo. And I deliberately did not read any of the lists of names in this book, except for the one name, Parosh, which means flea. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite bassists. Mm-hmm. Couldn't believe he showed up in the Bible. Was one of just your favorite insects. Really psyched about him. My least favorite insect, but my favorite bassist. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> Isn't that funny how life is like that? Life is so funny. <laughs> Um, so if you don't remember this game, the way we play it is I read some names and Lauren has to decide whether this name is from this book of the Bible or not, whether it's from something else or like made up or made up from not the Bible at all, from not the Bible at all. There's no, there's not going to be any trick questions where it's like from Genesis, right? Uh, nope. Okay. Not going to try to trick you. This is a no trick zone. Okay. No Um, T zone. No T zone. That's right. So here we go. Lay it on me. I want you to tell me whether this is from the Bible or you not. You lay it on me. 
Uh, I want you to lay your answers on me after I prompt you with a question. Okay. Okay, here we go. All right. Oh, wait, wait. Let me take a sip of wine. Refreshing. All right. I'm ready. Okay. First one. Binui. B-I-N-N-U-I. That's tricky. That's very tricky. I know. I just said this was a no trick zone. <laughs> I mean, like the the structure of the word could be Hebrew, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure if it is. I'm gonna say that it is real. It is real. Yes, he was one of the offenders. Oh, he went outside of his uh, of his designated parking space, ranging area. Oh, what I'm talking about. <laughs> Yeah, he was one of the offenders. <laughs> Got it. Uh, number two, Narse. N-A-R-S-E-H. Narse. That could, that could be a Hebrew construction, but I'm going to say that it's not. It is not from the Bible. Yes! Although it is a Babylonian name, because oh. of course, this is King Narse, son of Shapur I, Shah of Persia. Oh, Oh, okay. So it's like kind of in the same language family. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Nicely done. You're two for two. All right. Great. That is 100% for the statistically inclined out there. Yes. Uh, Here we go. Number three. Zasalamel. Ooh. Z-A-S-A-L-A-M-E-L. That could like definitely be a Hebrew construction, but it doesn't sound familiar at all. I mean, that could be, like, a different pronunciation of, like, this is the peace of God, Zishalom El. I'm going to say false. You're right. It's false. <laughs> this fellow was a character from a video game called Soul Calibur. Oh, no. <laughs> Which one is Soul Calibur? Uh, it's, it would be impossible to describe. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> Don't worry okay. about it. So the nameless video game, that which cannot be described. <laughs> well, it's not nameless. We game just... of games. <laughs> All right, number four. You're doing great. I believe in you. Darkon. Darkon? D-A-R-K-O-N. Darkon. I mean, it could be a Hebrew construction, but it sounds awfully made up. I'm going to say it's made up. You were wrong. Oh! He's a descendant of Solomon's servants. He's one of the one of the people that comes back from the exile. Darkon. Darkon. Yep. Man, we need to bring that guy back to life and put him in charge of the CIA or something. <laughs> or like hell, I don't know. Okay. Number five. Azgad, A Z G A D. The way you said that with a question mark makes me think that you didn't make it up. So I'm going to say it's real. Shit. <laughs> It also means, okay, like, Oz means so. Okay. So, it could, it's like, so, Gad. <laughs> You've heard of him. You know, so. Like that's so Raven. Yeah. This is so Gad. Exactly. I understood. Zaz yeah. Gad. He is an Israeli patriarch. Um, he's Good in, for him. He had a bunch of people with him when they came back from the exile. Sweet. Last one. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. It's a tricky one. Mm-hmm. Tahiem. Tahiem. T-A-H-I-E-M. 
I don't know. Tahiem. I'm going to say it's fake. Well, it's not fake, but it's not from the Bible. Okay, okay, okay. It's it's a name. Uh, it's most prominently Buster Rhymes' real middle name. It is? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. <laughs> probably, probably pronounced Tahim. But... Busta Tahim Rhymes. <laughs> That's right. That's his legal name. As he was born. Yep. There's also another R&B singer named Tahim, but... Huh. Well, I got the same score as I did last time. That's right. Five out of six. But um, getting the one wrong in the middle seems to make a difference in how I perceive it. Because mm-hmm. I feel all right right now. I'm like, yeah, I got five out of six. Yeah. That's a strong score. You should be proud of yourself. Thanks. You've been working out? You look good. I haven't worked out in six months. <laughs> well, keep doing keep doing you because okay. it's, it's working. Great. Perfect. All right. So that's our episode. <laughs> um, but before we go... We have a couple things to do. First of all, we have to rate this book. I can't oh, believe you yeah, were just going to walk away without rating this book. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I just tried to do it that. disgusts me. I'm so sorry. I'm going to sit here appalled until it's time for the <laughs> Yeah, yeah I'm going to sit here appalled. Till... I'm going to tear my robes. So, Lauren, how would you rate this book? I'm going to give it two out of seven copied letters. Okay. It's uh, short. Mm-hmm. It's pretty boring. Mm-hmm. And it's I know a few racist. people like that, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> short, boring, and racist. Mm-hmm. That's all I have to say. Wow. What about you? You burned that right down, didn't you? I'm going to give it nine and a half out of 19 <laughs> Summer Homes of Persian Kings. Nice. That's actually like quite a high rating. Well, it's it's a fifty percenter. I mean, yeah, that's like a gentleman's F. <laughs> it's actually, it's a... just an F. Okay, so you gave it an F, but you gave it a higher F than I gave it. That's true. That's true. It still failed, but yeah. So I thought it was pretty dull. It had lists, which I hate. Uh huh. But it did have a couple nice moments of poetry. Yeah, it did. and it. Uh, I'm especially sort of caught up on that moment where the the sound of the weeping and the and the sound of the joyful cheering was so intermingled yeah, that, that they couldn't a, tell. I thought that was a lovely moment. I feel like that that has something like deeper in it, you mm-hmm. know, that I don't that I don't quite get. Mm-hmm. And so it gets major major Bible points for that. I also liked when he was embarrassed to ask for soldiers as bodyguards. I like that too. I kind of liked the switch to first person, um, just because it was idiosyncratic. Oh, I hated that. That was like, <laughs> I work as an editor, and I was like, no, 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 no. POV problems here. <laughs> mm-hmm. POV problems. Um, but I was not as like offended by it as, as probably you were. But yeah, using the example of intermarriage as like the legal precedent du jour <laughs> was uh, a little problematic. Questionable. <laughs> Questionable, sure. Um, and Ezra seems to be kind of a nothing. I kind of thought like the book Are was... You- are you saying that other prophets might be better than Ezra? I would never say such a thing. Oh, okay. But yes. Okay. They might be. I don't know. I mean, there have been some good prophets so far. Uh, like You're Eli- acting like you're not familiar with extremely influential pop punk band Better Than Ezra. I, I know about Better Than Ezra. I knew about some of their some of their ska songs. What's your day. favorite song? What's your favorite Better Than Ezra song? Better Than Ezra? I don't have a favorite Better Than Ezra uh, Me neither. Song. I've never heard a single song by them. <laughs> you shitter. What are you doing? <laughs> You can't talk to me that way. <laughs> My own home. I'm upset. <laughs> but look, 
Does that explain my rating enough? Are yes. you satisfied? I'm satisfied. You succubus? Yes. <laughs> now we're going to move on to a brand new segment about listener mail. Listener mail. We got some fan mail. We did. Uh, would you like to read the email? I would love to. Hello, Lauren and Nico. First, I just want to say thank you for having a cool podcast about the Bible. Oh, you're absolutely welcome. You're totally welcome. I understand it, and it seems like I'm sitting at the table with you guys with a couple of drinks, and there is completely no pressure. Uh, That's what we're all about. That we're is no 100%. pressure here. Yeah, zero pressure, especially on you, the listener, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't want to put anything out in the world that causes anybody to feel any pressure. Nope. Um, anyway, my question is, my brother just got a tattoo on his chest that reads El Shaddai. I asked him about it, and he said it means the Almighty God, and he told me it's in the Bible. I don't know. I felt kind of weird about it because I thought about your show and what I learned in church, and I never heard about it. What's your take on El Shaddai? Sincerely, Tammy. Well, this is a question that I can handle in the etymology corner. Jesus. No, no, no. I'm still there. Okay. So... What are these noises you're making? The, the, you told me those were good noises for the etymology corner. <laughs> I don't feel like you're selling your foley as as well as you as you might. As, as well as I have historically mm -hmm. done. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, whatever. I'm in the corner. I'm huddled in the corner. I'm going to tell you about El Shaddai. <laughs> Just a regular Friday night. It is in the Bible. Okay. And it is usually translated as God Almighty. El means God. That's why so many... Hebrew language names end in L. Mm -hmm. Like Ariel means Lion of God, or most famously Israel means wrestles with God. Um, the etymology of Shaddai is disputed. <gasps> so no. it may come from the name of like old gods or goddesses who are worshipped in the region, uh -huh. but it's just as likely that it didn't. Um, so why even mention it? Well, I mean, like, that's that's one of the proposed etymologies. Sure. Um, it may have to do with nature. It may have to do with fertility. It's kind of hard to say. Wow. It could be anything. Yeah, it could be anything. Um, but it is in the Bible. It, it does appear several times, especially in the book of Genesis. Mm -hmm. um, and if, you, if you're reading an English translation, it'll just be translated as God Almighty. It is one of the names of God that are considered so holy in Judaism that, like, they can't be erased what? once you've written them? You can't, like, really? Yeah. So, like, you know how you see on the internet, sometimes people will write G-D instead of God? Sure. That's, like, kind of a modern adaptation of this this Jewish law that, like, God's name is so holy that you can't erase it. Okay. Um, there's actually a This American Life episode that's really good where this writer named Shalom Auslander talks about he grew up like going to a Jewish religious school. Mm -hmm. And um, Shalom, I guess, is one of the names of God. It means peace in Hebrew. Um, but so like all his schoolwork, like when he like took a spelling test, he would write his name at the top and that couldn't be thrown away. So they would collect like all his schoolwork and they would like ritualistically bury it. Wow. Yeah. So, and that isn't even one of, like, the seven most holy names, but El Shaddai is one of the seven most holy names. Mm. So, if your brother is Jewish... <laughs> no removal. But, I mean, that's that's Well, fair. actually, that might be, yeah, that might be following the world because it's a tattoo. You can't remove it. Except that uh, 
you're not supposed to get a tattoo if you're Jewish. So that may be a problem. If he's Jewish, Tammy. Tammy. You, you might want to talk to him about Tammy. it. Tammy. <laughs> if he's Jewish, you got to get this boy under control. <laughs> this young man. What does he do? <laughs> uh, if he's not Jewish, then uh, then it's cool, I guess. Uh, it's, it is very genuinely uh, in the Bible, in the book of Genesis, accepted by Jews and Christians alike. Wow. That's official stamp of approval for the El Shaddai tattoo from Lauren over there in the corner. Yep. Looking, frankly, pretty pathetic curled up in that, <laughs> in that etymology corner. Okay, let me, let me zip back out. Okay, I'm back in the regular corner now. That's I'm, what I call the middle of the room. I'm confused. Are, are you zipping into it? What does it mean? I'm writing a zip line. Ah, that explains the intricate web of zip lines that <laughs> crisscross this room. Yeah, you hadn't uh, you hadn't figured those out yet. But no, I don't ask a lot of questions. That's what those are for. In real life, actually, there's an intricate pattern of like sound foam on this room that you set up and that I don't understand at all. <laughs> but the important thing here is not our petty domestic arguments. <laughs> it's... The fact that we want to thank Tammy very much for writing in and hope yeah. that that provided some sort of closure on this obviously burning question. Um, speaking of feedback, you know what I'm talking about. Feedback. <laughs> That's right. I wanted to take a moment to highlight some of the beautiful human beings that have left us iTunes reviews. Yes. Um, today, I want to give a special shout out to a, somebody out there in the world who decided to name themselves Torta B. Yeah. Uh, the headline of the review is Wood Goat Again. Uh-huh. The text of the review says five out of five speckled goats. And this person gave us five stars. And iTunes asked me, was this review helpful? I will say yes. Oh, hell yes. Wood Goat say, Again. I would say yes to that. Wood Goat Again. Another beautiful, virile, tremendous human being who yes. finishes all their dinner every night. <laughs> and gets dessert like a big boy. That's right. Is someone named Philip 1L. I don't know how to spell it. What does Philip 1L say? Uh, First of all, he titles the review A Fun Take on the Bible. (laughs) And he says, this is a great podcast full of humor and interesting stories from the Bible. The only downside is... What? Downside? I don't like the sound of of this, baby. We don't have any of those. I don't like the sound of this. Is that by skipping the King James Version, they are missing out on all of the best and super confusing euphemisms. Uh, Is that true? Would you describe that as accurate? I'm going to interrupt you right now okay. and tell you I don't. Because our Bibles have plenty of goofy shit in them. That's true. <laughs> we're kind of, we're being told to like put our hands under people's thighs and take oaths. That's true. Uh, do Spend a lot of time on something called the threshing floor, <laughs> which I don't know about that. Uncovering certain inexplicable body parts. That's true. Yeah, we uncovered feet several times. Um, Quote, unquote. Mm-hmm. 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 So, well, I love you more than life itself, Philip 1L, I don't have a way to end that sentence <laughs> because I'm frankly just delighted that you decided to leave us a rating and review. And How... maybe we'll try and – maybe we could make up some euphemisms on our own. We should. We should. So why did I why did I bring up these these reviews? It's because it's one of the best ways that people out there in the world, people like – you, yes, you, listener. Me? Um, um, no, not you. Oh. Is one of the best ways that people like you, and you specifically, can help other people find the podcast. And if you enjoy it, hopefully 
the cool, interesting, and I got to say, sexy people that you know. Yeah, definitely. They will enjoy this podcast. So if you want to help them find it, either tell them about it or think about leaving us a uh, rating or review on iTunes. It's like it's like watering a little plant will bloom if you rate and review us. No guarantees. I never promised anyone I would bloom, but that will do it for the show. Um, I'll tell you what, everybody, if you want to, you can follow us on Twitter at Sunschool Drop. You can also find us on Facebook. Um, just search for Sunday School Dropouts. We have an email address that you can send questions or comments like the delightful question by Tammy earlier. Hell yeah. Uh, and that address is contact at sundayschooldropouts.lol. Thank you to Elise Carlton for our art and for our logo. Thank you to Nico for our sound engineering and editing and music. Hey, you're super welcome. <laughs> and thanks to me for nothing. But if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can. Lauren E. O'Neill. O'Neill, spelled like Shaquille, spells it. Uh, thank you to all of you again for listening. And we will see you next week. I don't know what bi- what book of the Bible we're reading. Nehemiah. It's Nehemiah, apparently. I'm being told it's Nehemiah. <laughs> this just in, it's Nehemiah. Mm-hmm. A little voice in my ear and also in front of me just said <laughs> that it's Nehemiah. So, look, we got to read this. We got to record it. Frankly, we got a lot to do, so it's time to sign off. All right. Thank you so much, and we'll see you Sunday. I'm Nico. I'm Lauren. Bye. Bye. <laughs>